what we're going to do for our sermon time this morning. As I said, we're going to take a break from Philippians. We'll be back in that next week. We're going to examine a commencement address. And I don't mean I'm going to give a commencement address. I mean what we're going to read in just a second is a commencement speech. So this is sort of specially for our graduates, but the rest of you should pay attention to. You might accidentally learn something valuable. But this is Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 6, is the very beginning of Moses' commencement address to the graduating class of Israelite High School, class of 1406 B.C., the Fighting Shofars, I think, was their mascot. To set the sort of context where we're at historically, the, the exodus is four decades in the past, so the, the people have been rescued from slavery in Egypt, and they are right on the doorstep of the promised land. They're ready to go in. And this is Moses' speech before they commence that very big day, going to the place where God has, had promised them. So I'm only half joking when I call this a commitment address. That's pretty much what it is. The, like our graduates, the people Moses was writing to, they had been preparing for this day literally their entire lives. So let's open up Deuteronomy chapter 31. We're going to read just the first six verses today, and we will call, call that good. So Moses went and spoke these words to all of Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I'm no longer able to come and go. And the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross this Jordan. It is the Lord your God who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua is the one who will cross ahead of you, just as the Lord has spoken. The Lord will do to them, those people in there, just as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will deliver them up before you, and you shall do to them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them, because the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. That's our commencement speech. Let's see what Moses says in here. The first words Moses speaks after he gathers the people begin in verse 2, where Moses basically tells the people, I have brought you as far as I can bring you. He says, today, I'm 120 years old. I can't get around so good. And what's more, God has told me I'm not to cross the Jordan River. That's basically the boundary of the promised land. And God has told Moses, you can go no further. Moses has been the one to tell the Israelites, this whole generation, every one of them, Moses has been the one to tell them where to go and when to go, what to do, what not to do, who to be with, who not to be with. And from here on out, it will be up to them to live out 
what God has taught them through Moses. Well, these opening, this opening line from Moses reminds me a great deal of our graduates. There's some real similarities between the relationships of, between the Israelites and Moses and graduates, you and your parents. First, like Moses, your parents are about 120 years old. At least this morning, it feels like it, right, Eric? Uh, no, maybe not that. Uh, but in some ways, your parents have brought you as far as we can bring you. It's not like our relationship with the graduates, with our kids, ends at this point. Although, when Cedric leaves the house, we are changing our numbers. So you guys may want to get that. Um, oh, the relationship's not going to end, but it sure does change in some ways. I know Rachel has been threatening to go to college with Cedric for a long time. She's really not going to, son. I promise. In some ways, this is the Jordan River that we as parents don't cross. We, as parents, tell our kids what to do and what not to do and where to go and what not to go. Then we get to a point like this, and God says, you don't go with them anymore. That's why all of us, that's why parenting is such a huge job. We get 18 little years to shape the arrows God has filled our quiver with, right? Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of our youth. We shape those arrows best we can. We aim them as best we can, and we let them go. We get 18 years to shape and to aim. But our job is to let them go toward the right target. That's Moses right here. That's us at graduation. I can't. I'm not going with you. You have to decide what to do and what not to do. Where to go, where not to go. Who to associate with, who not to associate with, and in what ways. Now that can be pretty scary. It can feel scary to not be at home anymore, to go to a new place. And if it feels scary for our graduates, either today or in the future, I can, I can promise you it felt scary for this generation of Israelites. You see, they were, they were lined up along that Jordan River. The promised land wasn't exactly for sale. It certainly wasn't vacant. The people in there did not want the Israelites in there. The last Israelite to live in the promised land was the guy actually named Israel. It had been a long time, almost 500 years it was scary. And now Moses wasn't going with us. So the next thing Moses does in verse 3 is to tell the people, the people don't need Moses. The people need God. Oh, and Joshua. Verse 3, as for the Lord your God. So Moses just said, I'm not going with you. But as for the Lord your God, he'll cross over ahead of you. And he will destroy the nations before you and dispossess them. And as for Joshua, he will cross before you also, just as the Lord has said. Um, 
A few things in this verse remind us, remind me of our graduates. First, it can seem really scary to go someplace new and someplace strange. These Israelites, they were, they'd never been to the promised land. Their great, great, great grandparents had never been to the promised land. It seemed very new and very scary, but they weren't going anyplace new. God was very acquainted with the place, and he was already there. When you leave home to go to college, uh, when you move to a new town, when you start a new job, those things can be very scary. We have the same promise. We're not going anyplace new to God. We're not going anyplace scary to God. And God's already there. And He has our best interests in mind. Now, when we get there, God wants to give these Israelites the land He promised, but He's going to expect them to work very hard for it. To fight, in their case, very hard for it. The very first battle in the promised land, the battle of Jericho, do you remember that? All the people had to do is walk around the city and God ripped the walls down. The rest of it didn't work like that. That was just God teaching, you can trust me, I can do anything. But all of the rest of the conquest came through extremely scary, uh, difficult battles. That's the way God gives stuff. God loves to give His children great things, but ordinarily, He gives us His great things through our hard work. And both of those things can be true at the same time. So graduates, you go to college, work really hard. And when you work really hard and accomplish something, both of these things can be true. You worked really hard for what you got, and it came from God. Because he gives his best stuff in this life, normally, through our hard work. Now, he already gave us our best, his best gift, completely freely. We do nothing for our salvation that comes through Christ, a free gift given to all those who believe on his son. So we have the, we have the comfort of knowing we win in the end. But boy, in the meantime, there is battle after battle after battle. And those might be tests and finals and coursework. Those might be diagnoses and economic struggles and who knows what. But God does expect us to work hard. And finally, I want to encourage the graduates to find your Joshua's. Moses couldn't go into the promised land. He couldn't cross the Jordan River. But God didn't tell Israel, well, now you're ready to get out there and and do this all by yourself. That wasn't true. They still needed a godly leader. And that was Joshua. Graduates, you may have read a lie recently. If you actually read the cards that we gave you instead of just looking for the money, you want to confess anything, Jake, or... Now, if you read those cards, you might read something that says something like, graduate, you are ready to get out there and take on the world on your own. Graduate, you are not ready to get out there and take on the world on your own. You're just not. Think about this. 
like Cedric's going to go play some basketball. If someone wrote in his card, you did such a great job playing basketball in high school, now you're ready to play all those basketball teams all by yourself. What would you think about that? You'd think, wow, this person is really an idiot who wrote this. Right? And if you wrote that in his card, I'm sorry. I, haven't, I, didn't, I didn't read that. Um, why do we believe that when the stakes are so much higher than a basketball game? You'd never tell a kid to go take on another team by himself. But somehow in America, we have this idea that if you ask for help, uh, that if you seek uh, other counsel or something like that, that, it, that you're weak. Boy, is that a lie. When this world was perfect, I mean perfect, perfect, not a single problem, God told Adam it is not good for people to be alone. How much more true is that now? So graduates and anybody else who might be leaving, moving, doing something new, it is so important to find some folks who know and love and want to follow the Lord and not try to do this on your own. When you are ready to date someone, make sure that person knows and loves and wants to follow the Lord because you cannot pursue the Lord while you're yoked to someone who has no interest in following the Lord. When, when God sent his people into the promised land, he said, Moses can't go with you, but I'm not sending you in there alone. He gave him Joshua. Find your Joshua's. Verse 4, Moses tells his graduates this. If God was faithful before, you can be sure that God will be faithful again. Here's what he does. So these people, they're lined up, they're ready to go into the promised land. It's filled with people who don't like them. This is scary. It's dangerous. Moses isn't going with them. And so Moses pauses and says, remember what God has already done that's been good in your past. This doesn't stick out to us. This whole thing about Sihon and Og, the Amorite kings, those aren't Bible stories that just pop into our minds. But these are personal examples from the lives of these people. They know. They don't have to look up who Sihon and Og, the Amorite kings, were. Because God, through Moses, led the people to defeat them already. It's Moses' way of saying, when you get scared, remember what God has done in your past. When you've been with him and he's been good and he has sustained you, remind yourself that's what God is like before you do something scary in your future. Graduates, you have families who love you, you have a church who loves you, you're raising a good community, I don't know, and, and you'll have to do some of this on your own. God has been good to you in the past. You can trust him to be good in the future. And finally, so far, Moses' commencement speech hasn't been about the graduates too much, really. It's been about Moses and, and God. Moses, I can't go with you. I've brought you as far as I can bring you. And um, God's not going to send you in there alone. You're going to have to work really hard. Um, but he's going to send you in there with Joshua. And remember what God has done 
in your past. And then in verse 5 and 6, Moses finally gets around to what will be expected of his graduates. Three things. Obedience, faith, and courage. In verse 5, God tells him, the Lord will deliver them over, the, the people who live in the promised land, the Lord will deliver them over to you, and, that can be translated, but, same word in the Hebrew, you will do to them according to the whole commandment I have given you. Two things going on in that verse. God promises victory for his people, and God requires obedience by his people. I promise I'm going to deliver those folks up before you, and I require you to do exactly what I say. Now, the ultimate victory that we have in a different covenant than this one comes through Christ. I do not have to be obedient enough that God will give me victory over hell and my sin someday. My victory over my sin came from Jesus, not from me. But in this world, there are a whole bunch of L's, as the kids say these days. There are a whole bunch of losses we can take if we are not obedient. God says, I have your best interests in mind. I am powerful enough to deliver the victory, but do what I say. It's better. It's better. Obedience is important. And then very famously, verse 6, Moses talks about faith and courage. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or tremble before them, for the Lord your God is the one who is going with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. There's a lot of times in the Bible where God says stuff like this, or the Bible says stuff like this. Be strong and courageous. Right? If you have a wall hanging in your house that says that, or you have a tattoo, it's probably not this Deuteronomy because that's too long to put on a tattoo. You probably have Joshua or something, right? Um, we could go in the New Testament. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of courage. God tells us this all the time. Be strong and courageous. Think about this. Would God tell us all the time, to remind us all the time, encourage us all the time to be strong, to be fearless, to be courageous? Would he tell us that all the time if he wasn't well aware that things were going to get scary? It doesn't take a lot of courage to keep going when everything is exactly how you want it to be. It doesn't take courage. Anyone can do that. But constantly, God says, be strong, hang in there, take courage, be fearless. Graduates and everybody else that happens to be here too, scary times are coming. They just are. It's way too easy to find yourself in the middle of a very scary situation 
and begin to feel like that God's not holding up his end of the bargain. Where is God when I need him? Things aren't supposed to be this way. God's not coming through for me. There's bad theology in those ideas. God told us over and over and over again, it's going to take courage. It's going to take strength to live this life. When things start to go bad, it's not because there's not a God who doesn't care and isn't in control. It's because we have a God who's honest. He told us, be ready. It's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to be really hard. So God, through Moses, told his graduates, the Israelites, to be strong and courageous. And here's the faith. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or tremble. Why? Because for the Lord your God is the one who's going with you. With you when? When things are scary. Here's the promises. He will not fail you nor forsake you. This is really cool. Those promises on the, the bottom line there, those are the reasons why the Israelites could be strong and courageous. Those are the promises, those are the reasons why our graduates can leave home with strength and courage. This is why as parents we can watch them go with strength and courage. Here's why, because God is going with you and he won't fail you nor forsake you. Now this is a really important word. Understand the word fail correctly. This word for fail means to not keep a promise. We would say to fail to keep a promise. That's the promise. He will not, not keep his promises. He will not fail to do what he said. This is why it's so important to learn what God has promised and therefore learn what God hasn't promised. Because again, when things get tough, when things get scary, when things get painful, when things get difficult... It's so easy to think, God is failing me or it wouldn't be like this. Oh, contraire. God will never fail you. He will always keep what he has promised. Graduates and everyone else, make sure you're not holding God accountable to keep promises he never made. That's what we do when life stinks and we want to throw our hands up and blame God and say, if that's who you, what you are like, I don't want any part of this. God says, my child, I never promised you that wouldn't happen. Why do you think I told you to be strong and courageous? Because stuff like that will happen. God will never fail to keep his promises. And God will never forsake you. That word forsake means abandon. Graduates, when you get to Kansas City, North Platte, York, Kearney, Lincoln, wherever we're headed, God will already be there. He will keep every promise he has made you, and he will never, ever abandon you. He will be going with you.
Why would you ever want to walk with someone else? When you can walk with the God who will go with you, who will never fail you, and will never abandon you. And if God, if this means, this is a double promise, if this means God will never like fail to keep a promise, and He promises He will never forsake you, that means He, he literally can't abandon you. Why? Because He promised, and He'll always keep His promises. No matter what you go through. So graduates, your parents have brought you as far as we can bring you. Like Moses, we've made our share of mistakes. There's some things we would do over. Now it's sort of up to you to take what you have learned. If you have learned anything good from us, it came from God. Now it's up to you to take what God teaches, and he uses good parents to do that. He uses Sunday school teachers and and, and sermons and Bible studies and youth group and, and all that stuff. But now it's up to you to decide that's the best way to live. I can't improve upon it. Next, keep in mind, he has work for you to do. Probably not go destroy a whole nation of people kind of work. And in fact, if you think that's what he's telling you to do, please call me so we can talk about some stuff. But he has world-changing work for you to do. It will be hard. The best things are. The best things are. So find your Joshua's. Don't try to go this thing alone. Find, uh, it would be great wherever you go, if you could find a group of people who believe in Jesus and want to follow him. They're called churches. You should find one. You should find one that, that teaches this book. You should get connected there. There are Joshua's there. See how you can serve there and how you can be served there so you're not trying to go this thing alone. When, when life is tough, remember how God has been faithful in the past. This works in little things. It's the weirdest things that stick with you from school. Uh, when I study in Greek in seminary, I got to a point where it was so hard it's like it was all Greek to me, right? Like there's a reason that's a saying, right? Uh, and in the textbook, there was this little, this little breakout sex session in a, in a book, and it said, if you are getting frustrated right now, and this is really hard, I was like, hey, he's talking to me, thank you. So go back three chapters and see how that is. And you go back three chapters, like, oh, no, I know that stuff. It's easy. I said, Remember, that was hard a minute ago. You got through that. You can get through this. Why was that a good lesson in life? When things are hard, look backwards six months. There was something back then that was hard. And the Lord got you through through hard work, through other people, through perseverance, through whatever one of his gifts he decided to use. 
Remember how God has been faithful in the past. It will help you persevere knowing he'll be faithful in the future. Be obedient. God knows how life works best. You can't improve upon what he says is best. It's not better. It doesn't have more joy. It won't ultimately be more fun. Stick with what works. And above all, remember as you go, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. You have no reason to tremble. Here's why. The Lord your God is the one who goes with you. And he will never fail you. He will never forsake you. Love you guys. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for uh, personally as... Personally, as a dad, thank you for my kids and for uh, just healthy, happy kids to to aim and to release. Uh, Thank you, God, for um, the people that you have put in the lives of these graduates here in Imperial and in their families uh, that have helped to shape them and aim them. God, uh, may we all be involved in aiming and shaping young people to be released at the right target. God, I pray for our graduates who are here, for those who couldn't make it, for those who graduate uh, soon, for our recent young adults, and for all the rest of us, that you would help us, God, to find our Joshuas, that you would uh, remind us of how you've been faithful in our past, that you would give us the strength and the courage and the faith to be obedient, whatever may come, We may work really hard to get the good out of life that you desire to give. And then we may recognize that it all comes from you when we have it. We love you, Lord. Bless our young people while they go. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand and finish with us.